Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today we're talking energy and industrials. It's Thursday, the 1st of March, and we're going to be discussing infrastructure spending. I'm your host, Sarah Priestley, and joining me in the studio is a very special guest, Eugene Malero from Transport Topics. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, thank you for coming. Uh, Eugene, Eugene spends a lot of his time up on Capitol Hill. Uh, he's a regular now on C-SPAN, I believe. He seemed to be a regular. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and for anyone uh, listening who doesn't know, Transport Topics is the go-to place for news in the freight transportation industry. Uh, you guys cover everything from regulation to new tech to major industry events. But what's your particular area of interest? I'm the congressional reporter on the team. So my primary focus are the transportation policy committees on Capitol Hill and covering elections and the, some of the big states like Texas, New York, California, the governor's offices, and just tracking funding policy from the freight transportation perspective. So you've been very busy over the past couple yeah, of years. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so we're going to be talking about a hot-button topic right now, which is infrastructure spending. Uh, President Trump made the um, uh, improvement of infrastructure in the country a key part of his campaigning. Yes. And we are now seeing the administration seeking to deliver on those promises. So President Trump has proposed a $4.4 trillion budget for next year, and it includes $200 billion for infrastructure spending. So the spending plan has proved contentious. It would potentially increase the uh, country's deficit to 7.1 trillion, or by 7.1 trillion over the next decade. Um, the only thing that there does seem to be consensus on is that the U.S. is in much need of uh, improved infrastructure. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I think every four years, the American Society of Civil Engineers reviews the country's infrastructure and releases a report card. The 2017 report card gave the nation a D plus. Is that a failing grade? That is a near-failing grade. <laughs> near-failing grade. That was uh, the grade in 2013 and last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for the state of the country's roads, bridges, drinking waters, ports, dams, school buildings, uh, airports, and railways. Uh, so the U.S. currently ranks 12th out of 138 countries in terms of quality of infrastructure. Um, according to the World Economic Forum's international comparison, I'm sure that's not where the country wants to be. Um, and I've um, seen some rankings where they're not, they don't even make the top 25. Wow. That's concerning. Um, in his State of the Union speech to Congress, the president has talked about addressing crumbling infrastructure. He actually said every federal dollar should be leveraged by partnering with state and local government and, where appropriate, tapping into pr- the private sector for investment. He also talked about wanting to cut the approval process, um, which I had no idea was so lengthy before any of this discussion started. But So what exactly is President Trump proposing? He's calling for $200 billion to be, fu- to be in direct federal funds. That is money that the U.S. Congress will have to appropriate. The Appropriations Committee have to sign off on $200 billion. Of that $200 billion, $50 billion will be set up as grants that governors will be able to apply for for rural projects. So a state like Wyoming will be a perfect example. Now, these applications, these grants would not be, you know, given sign-off green-lighted. You know, this would be an application process. The governors have to justify the merits of these projects. Uh, $25 billion will go to incentivizing uh, projects of um, advanced technology, so autonomous vehicles, um, you know, a smart infrastructure, vehicle to vehicle, vehicle uh, to infrastructure uh, technology. Um, and then $100 billion will be for 
matching funds. So that will be uh, out of the hundred billion, you will give um, an aspect of that to give it to the state. So let's say a state comes up with a plan. A similar, it doesn't have to be a rural project, but uh, similar to the rural grant, a uh, state says, okay, we have $100 million uh, that we're ready to put up in funding. Uh, can you match it? The match will be 20% of that $100 million, so that'll be $20 million. Uh, that, that $100 billion would be this, they call it incentivizing uh, 2080 match with the states. The goal of this $200 billion, according to the Trump administration, is that it could leverage $1.3 trillion in infrastructure investments from not only the states, but also the private sector. So these will be the big banks, Goldman, et cetera, coming in, partnering with states on public-private partnerships to set up toll highways, private bridges that will have tolling or some sort of a fee, um, and ultimately, over 10 years, according to the White House, that could take you to a total of $1.5 trillion. So that's the plan in a nutshell. Okay. So um, just to break it down then, if I wanted to, if I was looking at a $1 million project, I would have to get, I would get 200000 essentially from the government and have to come up with 800000 from a mixture of my own state uh, pocket and then also private. And I should have said that if, let's say you're New Jersey, you're a state, and you come up with... $80 million, um, so to expect that $20 million from the federal government as a matching, you are not even guaranteed that the federal government is going to be there f to return to meet that match. So it's also an application process that will be determined by the U.S. Department of Transportation. And uh, you've talked about this being approved by one, um, the, the Department of transportation, is that department going to be the only department responsible for approving, you know, these permits for projects? Because they want to reduce it to 21 months, is that correct? Um, the permitting process, um, when it comes to the streamlining proposal of the plan, which is a completely different title, uh, they want to have a what they call a lead agency on a specific project. So let's say a state is looking to build a transit system. Uh, the federal government, they don't specify which agency, but the federal government will select an agency, so let's say EPA or the Department of Transportation, to serve as what they call the lead agency, and they will oversee the entire permitting process for that project application with the goal of taking that project from anywhere from five to ten years down to two years. Uh, the thinking is that if EPA if you have one agency, then you minimize the duplicative process. One thing worth pointing out is that only less than 5% of the nation's projects take as long as 10 years in the application process, in the permitting process. The average time is about three and a half years for your big transportation project. That's why we saw the Tappan Zee Bridge. The new one over in New York, in New York State, uh, is actually on a fast track because it it didn't have to go through a lot of the permitting process because so the permitting process had already been done because there was a parallel bridge next to it. The old bridge is right there, so they used the existing environmental documents. They had their environmental reviews done already. Um, so, and then. 
another thing worth pointing out of the permitting process is that there are streamlining provisions in law right now that would minimize the, per, the duplicative process that the Trump administration is complaining about. And I don't mean to go way in the weeds no, here. No, no, it's interesting. Um, that they were signed into law in the last highway bill, the FAST Act in 2015, and the bill before that, the MAP 21 bill in 2012, provisions in those two laws that have yet to be taken into effect are still dormant laws because USDOT has yet to, lack of a better term, get to them. So that those laws, when when executed, would minimize the permitting process, would reduce the duplicative um, process. So let's say within USDOT, one provision that is dormant is that if the Federal Highway Administration is doing a survey of a, of a highway um, and there's a lot of safety components, uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, which is another sub-agency of USDOT, will come in and review do a double, a, like another review mm-hmm. on the same corridor. Um, under this law in, fast, in the FAST Act, that would not be the case. Only the Federal Highway Administration would be uh, the sub-agency doing the surveying on the environmental of that, okay. of that highway. And, but that's separate, essentially, to the spending plan? Yes. Okay. The, the infrastructure plan has five components, and the stream permitting, the streamlining the permitting process is one of them. Another one is to incentivize the work the workforce by uh, adding more educational resources to get high schoolers and college kids to be interested in you know STEM programs, mm-hmm. you know science, technology. Um, so it's an overarching, very ambitious infrastructure plan uh, that right now doesn't really have a lot of endorsement on Capitol Hill. Okay, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. You spent a lot of time on Capitol Hill. What's your impression of the likelihood of this actually getting through? And then if it doesn't get through, what do you think is going to, what do you think it will look like as, as an end result? Um, that's actually, the, the latter is the big question. Right now, the chances are very, very slim for this year. You had the second uh, Republican in command in the Senate, Senator Cornyn of Texas, tell reporters yesterday that he doesn't expect a infrastructure bill to happen this year. Uh, This morning, uh, speaking to state transportation officials, you had the big four transportation policy guys, the chairman and ranking members of the Senate and, and House transportation committees. There was no consensus as to whether you could get a trans- infrastructure bill done this year. The closest we saw to some um, optimism was the chairman of the House committee, Bill Schuster of uh, Pennsylvania, who said that he's going to really push to have these legislative markups on a bill this summer with the hope of having something done by the end of the summer before the August congressional recess, because Congress takes all of August <laughs> off. Um, and and if you can't get, he, he, he told reporters this morning, if he can't get that done, then he would look to have something after the midterm elections. It's, it's technically not called the lame duck, uh, but for lack of a better term, we still call it a lame duck. A lame duck will be when a presidential a presidential election. This is a midterm election. Uh, he it's said a similar effect. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Bill Schuster is saying that because since this is a midterm, 
it is customary for Congress not to do anything legislatively the month or two months prior to a midterm or a presidential election. Uh, now the concern, so so that's it's a very pessimistic, bleak outlook on whether or not they're going to get a big transportation bill this year. I actually go back to after Trump was elected. I want to say like a week or two after Trump was elected. Uh, Speaker Paul Ryan did a big panel, I think it was with the Atlantic magazine, you know, talking about doing an autopsy of the elections and getting his reaction. And he was asked, um, hey, so, you know, President Trump, he's calling himself the builder in chief and he's going to get an infrastructure bill done. Um, What do you think of it? Uh, His reaction literally was laugh out loud and then say, we just passed the highway bill, referring to the 2015 Fast Act Highway Law. And then he says, the Highway Trust Fund doesn't expire till 2020. And next topic. Mm -hmm. So the leader of the Republican House of Representatives flat out, and a person who's opposed to the federal gas, increasing the gas tax, which is actually the big elephant in the room in this whole big debate, um, he basically just acknowledged that his party is going to wait till the deadline approaching, you know, the fiscal cliff, the funding cliff on highway transportation projects, which is October of 2020. Um, now, on the flip side, to your point, let's say they actually do get a law passed um, this year. I think what it will look like, it will look very, very small. It's not going to be a $1.5 trillion investment leverage thing. It would be something like instead of $200 billion, maybe $100 billion with the goal of reaching $500 billion, uh, you know, over six, seven years. And it doesn't increase the fuel tax because there's a lot of Republican opposition to that. Um, and it really, there will be some compromise on the part of Democrats. So Democrats will sacrifice some money for transit projects because transit projects are more relevant to urban, mm-hmm. um, you know, districts. Um, and Republicans will sacrifice some money for rural projects because more rural districts are represented by Republicans. Okay, that's interesting. So essentially, um, it's interesting because a lot of stocks got bought up, a lot of infrastructure stocks got bought up on the uh, campaign promises by President Trump, and they pulled back a little bit this year, but it seems like maybe everybody should keep their expectations in check. One thing that I will say about it that I think is interesting is it's really brought the subject of infrastructure to the fore of uh, voters' minds. I feel like um, maybe, I, you know, I've only been in the U.S. for two years, so you can tell me if it, this has always been an ongoing uh, political weapon, but it seems like it, it's going to become increasingly important. Yeah, um, we, have a, we have a very unique commander-in-chief who calls himself the builder-in-chief, that's debatable, by the way. Um, but since he really campaigned hard on infrastructure, and he borrowed a page from our former vice president, Joe Biden, calling who was calling certain infrastructure projects like uh, LaGuardia Airport a third world status airport, um, he really elevated the conversation. So in one, we need to give President Trump credit for elevating the national conversation on infrastructure. He has done that. So one thing I actually wanted to ask you about two things. Uh, first was gas tax. Um, I've seen a ton today, even in the Wall Street Journal, 
Uh, I think President Trump's uh, proposed a 25 cents yes. per gallon gas tax. Yes. Not in, and this is just a straight on 25 cents gas. It's not an incremental amounts at all. Um, doesn't seem to be going down too well. But I'm sure that people that read the transport topics are very concerned. Um, so the 25 cents, that is something that the White House has not commented on. Uh, Trump did not say this publicly. Uh, this is something. So the White House is not denying it either. Uh, he, the president, had a meeting February 14th with the. 10 top transportation policymakers on Capitol Hill. Um, and one of the persons in that meeting, Senator Carper of Delaware, he we don't he hasn't said whether or not he had the green light from white, the White House, but he after the meeting told reporters that the president several times endorsed a 25 cents uh, increase to the diesel and gas tax, which hasn't changed since 1993. Um, so this morning, Carper was at this conference. Uh, you had other lawmakers who were at the com- at, um, it, with that meeting with the president who confirmed what the president said. We don't know exactly what the president has in mind, if he means 25 cents over 10 years, five years, an incremental um, you know, increase. Uh, however, there is already pushback from these Republicans, especially the leadership. Um, you know, this guy, uh, the second in command in the Senate, John Cornyn, is among them, the head of the transportation panel in the Senate, John Barrasso, who are opposed to a fuel tax increase because for multiple reasons. One being that they call it a regressive tax. They're saying the argument being that because we're so have vehicles are so fuel efficient, we don't have um, a a long-term viability for the fuel tax, so we should be looking at other projects, other funding options like a vehicle miles travel, et cetera. Uh, Democrats, on the other hand, are applauding this. Uh, and if Trump actually comes out publicly and endorses a 25 cents gas tax, which is what the Chamber of Commerce, the American Society of Civil Engineers, American Trucking Associations, um, the you know the state transportation officials, nearly all the governors, <laughs> almost all of them really support this because while we are looking at a long-term funding system, funding option for infrastructure, right now, 95% of the vehicles on the road are fueled by gasoline. Mm-hmm. So this will be the quickest way to come up with real hard money to repair that bridge in Delaware, that road over, you know, in California. And what might that do to uh, shipping companies or freight companies? Well, they actually, uh, freight companies, the railroad industry, uh, the trucking industry, uh, cargo, air freight, near unanimous agreement that uh, the fuel tax should be increased. They see it as the best, easiest way to repair the roads, to come up with the money to give it to USDOT. So USDOT, through a formula funding system, can give more money to South Carolina to improve their roads. So the quote-unquote poorer states will get most of these. That's how the federal government distributes their transportation dollars. 
So you're able now to help the states that need the money the most to repair the systems. If, if you privatize the corridors, what these freight companies argue is you will lead, that would lead to tolling, more tolling, and that would be a form of double taxation. Now, that could be you know, a whole different debate that economists can have on whether or not it's a true form of double taxation. But nevertheless, if you take the perspective of the trucking industry, uh, what they, their argument is that aside from being a form of double taxation, because they're already being taxed through the fuel tax, now they're paying a toll to use the same road that they're helping to pay. For, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, you have, even if you have a tolling system like an easy pass concept, what the industry argues is that the psychology of a toll, the the, the psychology that the toll has on a driver is to automatically slow down. Even if you have like a fast lane tolling lane where you can go 65 on that lane, most people still slow down when they go through tolls. For the trucking industry, slowing down means... Wasted time, exactly. wasted efficiency. Yeah. yeah, so if you want to get someplace in five hours, yeah. you add several tolls, you're now slowing your, down your truck. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, I'm sure some of our listeners will be surprised to hear that the trucking industry as a whole is pro this, but obviously I think the potholes that they hit, the, the bad roads they encounter, that all damages the vehicle, and this all goes into kind of the life cycle of the truck and things like that. Owner operators may be more harder hit by this. Um, but a couple of companies to mention for people, uh, if this plan goes in place or if we just start to see more infrastructure spending going forward, um, especially privatization, so tolls. Transurban is an Australian company. They run a lot of the tolls in uh, North America. Um, and then we have just a ton, <laughs> ton of categories because this is such a huge industry and it's a cyclical industry, which is important to know. You know, at the minute, we're potentially at the precipice of kind of a boom, but it's not where we have always been. Um, you have building materials like cement, Vulcan and US concrete, heavy construction equipment, CAT, United Rentals, building product stocks, um, Masco, Builders First Source, infrastructure and engineering, Chicago Bridge and Iron, Jacobs Engineering, raw material like steel, um, which is really, you need it for pretty much every major construction project, um, Nucor and United States States Steel Corp. So potentially there's going to be a lot of winners. One thing that I will caution investors with is, um, as I I mentioned right at the start, a lot of these stocks have been bought up in in anticipation of this spending plan. Uh, so just watch out for those uh, valuation, and I would wait for the concrete result to come out of government because it sounds like it might take a long time. Yeah, and seriously, I think um, the next highway bill, uh, if when you look at the math, I think it'll either come into fruition or really come into focus by 2020. That is when the funding authority for the Federal Highway Trust Fund expires. It expires at the fiscal at the end of that fiscal year. Um, so Congress has typically waited till the last minute to address the Highway Trust Fund. Uh, they haven't done it this year. They didn't do it last year. Uh, you know, so it's a really good expectation, um, you know, based on what we're hearing, the fact that 
there is no actual legislation so far this year, and this is something that was supposed to come out during Trump's first 100 days in office. Uh, so all these delays just really signal to uh, something that would happen around 2020. Okay. So it might be worth waiting for the excitement to die down on some of these stocks, evaluation to come down, uh, and then kind of look at review them again in preparation in 2020. So thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank uh, you for having me. Your knowledge is incredible. Um, it's it from us today. If you would like to get in touch, please feel free to email us at industryfocus.fool.com or tweet us on Twitter at MFIndustryFocus. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thank you, as always, to the marvelously patient Austin Morgan for mixing the show. For Eugene, I'm Sarah Priestley. Thanks for listening and full on. Bye.